we are in this, what I really think is the battle at the Black Gate, the great battle of our time. We are in a spiritual war. We have been in a spiritual war for millennia. Roots of international terrorism, now on BBC Two, Time Watch traces the often brutal work and political influence of the Gladio network of secret agents. How there is a long record of CIA involvement with, with suspected drug traffickers and drug trafficking organizations, and this is a history that's mostly unknown to the American public. In a criminal underworld of black markets and the leaders behind the movement. That's where they brought me. These were two traffickers. They're not just sex traffickers, but they're also very tied in with Asian mob and uh, drug trafficking throughout the provinces in Canada and into the US and abroad. Trafficking women, trafficking girls, trafficking drugs. So this is where, they, where I was brought. So basically I was brought right back in to what I was running to escape from. that doctors used to wear the white robes, the white, you know, is all based in their symbolism. You're born in white and you die in black. That was the nice right. Templar symbols. They got you at both fucking ends, dude. You don't think, you don't know nothing about secret societies. You're born to the white-coated Templar and you die when they haul you into the graveyard in black. opioid crisis has taken the lives of more than half a million Americans over the last two decades. And it's really an epidemic that began with prescription painkillers. Now their use then led to overdose deaths from heroin and more recently to more powerful drugs like fentanyl. But of the prescription drugs, none was better known than Oxycontin made by Purdue Pharma. Check it out. You've got, this is the official cross of the Swedish Order of Freemasons. So this you can find in old runestones that are thousands of years old. So this symbol is very... This symbol? Yeah, this symbol. George White worked with the Truth Drug Committee here at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in the nation's capital. They experimented with mescaline, scopolamine, and marijuana on unwitting victims. The goal remained the same. As this 1952 CIA memo says, the aim is controlling an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against such fundamental laws of nature as self-preservation.
All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Way of the Truth Warrior. I'm your host, David Whitehead, and I hope you enjoyed the trailer uh, just released moments ago for Chapter 8 of Cult of the Medics. I'm really excited about I've been pouring lots of time into this one. This one was extremely research heavy, uh, probably one of the most jam-packed chapters to date, if you can believe it. Uh, lots of work still yet ahead of me, so I'll have more announcements on to when that's coming out. But uh, please go check it out at cultofthemedics.com. I've got the trailer posted there. It's on all my channels. Please help me share it out as far and wide as you can. Um, this whole series is going to really help tie some things together, connect some dots. And I want to continue adding to this entire research project, trying to get into the underpinnings of the medical industrial complex, the ancient history of it, the symbolism, but also what we're dealing with right now in our current time with all these viruses and releases. We got monkeypox now, we've got variants. They're trying to keep us afraid. They're meeting in Davos right now, discussing the fate of the world. There's so much on deck. And I've also been exploring different theories as to what brought this out and what these guys are really doing behind this pharmaceutical industry. Um, and so there's so much to get into and I'm super excited for today's guest. His name is Dr. Tao Braun. What an awesome name, first of all. Oh my God, this guy sounds like a superhero. He's been researching this stuff for a long time. I'll give you a quick little synopsis of his bio if you haven't heard of the man. Uh, Dr. Braun is a doctor of education, MS, EMT, uh, U.S. National Counterterrorism and EMS advisor and trainer, chief scientist of counterbioterrorism, CBT division, biochem engineering executive director, violence prevention agency, and as a clinical psychologist, Dr. Braun also focused on integrative psychology and wellness. Post 9-11, Dr. Braun began to narrow his research and practice to understanding the causes of violence, the prevention and response to violence, and crisis psychology. As a U.S. National Counterterrorism and Emergency Management, SME, Dr. Braun advises and trains educational institutions, healthcare facilities, corporations, including Fortune 100 and 500 companies, and both state and federal government organizations in violent prevention strategies and crisis response, such as threat management, active attacker prevention, <laughs> he's a man after my own heart, and response, counterterrorism, and crisis leadership. In 2019, Dr. Braun provided testimony on mass violence to the Texas Senate. And during the COVID-19 process or crisis, Dr. Braun found himself in the epicenter of New York City and shifted his focus towards mitigation and prevention strategies against the virus, a non-human mass casualty attacker causing immense amounts of human suffering. In 2020, 2021, he led a team of scientists in developing and sourcing COVID-19 response strategies. This effort culminated in the invention of coparine, a bioavailable copper-zinc polyethanol formulation. The patent-pending compound is suitable for a wide range of delivery methods, including but not limited to an aerosolized vapor that is inhaled and sprayed directly into the mouth. And Dr. Braun is currently investigating the biosynthetic aspects of SARS-CoV-2, the possibility that it is indeed a military-grade biological weapon and he's in the process of mapping its pathophysiology. What a mouthful. What a man. Let's go ahead and bring him in. And there he is, Dr. Tao Braun. Thank you so Hello, much. Sir. For Hello, sir. Over. First of all, a couple of things. I'd like to just to share uh, my, my transparent thoughts straight off the bat, one of which is I was thinking, 
man, I just wish I could sit back and watch a documentary as much as I'm going to enjoy doing this interview with you. I, I your uh, trailer over there, uh, absolutely gripping. And I was like, man, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit back over here <laughs> and ask you, let's take a rain check. I want to see your documentary. Um, it's so needed. Um, you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're right on track with, uh, um, uncovering, uh, the truth and, and exposing the lies um i think it's only a matter of time before there's more and more of us that just are aware of who the big players are and um we get to those big players by understanding some of the smaller players and then and then we right. we narrow it down right um and then the other thing is that in reading um in reading my bio i always appreciate it and then i, I sort of um uh there's parts to anyone's bio that you could create this cardboard cutout of, of a person by reading, you know, by, by getting involved in a bio or credentials or somebody's, uh, you know, let's say an academic, right? You go and you look for all of the papers they've written. It really doesn't say much about the person. And so right. there's, there's a couple of things that I want to add to that. Uh, for one, this pandemic uh, that I used to call the pandemic of stupidity, um, uh, we have some of the stuff we can get into that just, you know, defies absolute common sense that a child can work out really quick. Uh, and then, um, I, I look at this, this, uh, um, having a doctorate and what was amazing in the pandemic is that numerous people, uh, thought that their issue was their credentials of why they weren't getting, why they weren't getting heard. I never found that my issue of, of, uh, of not getting traction, not getting the right audience, uh, not getting law enforcement involved and never thought about it as a credentialing issue because I've always had to um, get over the hump of what people think that you should be doing with your, with your degree, if you have one. Um, mm. So for, uh, something that I think relates to your uh, current work um, uh, on, on, on the medical uh, side of evil, uh, two things around it. One, the word doctor actually means teacher. So it's fascinating. Yes, yeah. I, I have a doctorate in education because the thing I like doing the most is, is giving out information about the subjects that I know about. Um, doc, the word doctor and having a doctorate relates to getting to a point of proficiency where you can articulate things to the layperson. That's it's a teacher. Jesus Christ was a teacher. Uh, Moses was a teacher. Uh, these were also people that were doctors. And so it's fascinating to see that those that will give out the truth will never care about what, what, what title is behind their name or how they're introduced. They really just want to do the work. The second part is that um, something I've been thinking about lately that uh, relates very much to the work that you're doing is the dollar. Uh, the symbol of the U.S. dollar uh, is uh, um, literally just a stripped down version of the medical uh, of, of the caduceus or uh, yeah. even before that right you you have an entire economy built uh, on sickness you have you have people that moved here because they wanted to get away uh, from the evils of the world europe had become this uh, gluttonous uh, 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 society that uh, pious people just couldn't stand anymore so much so that they were prepared to sacrifice everything and take the ch the chance of getting on a boat sailing across the world to go and start new colonies where they could uh, give, you know, places had names like um, uh, Utopia. I mean, the dream of these people was let's lead, the, let's lead these shitbags back alone uh, to, to wallow in their misery and their sickness and their plagues and everything else. And we are going to go and live very stripped down, simple, pious lives. Um, and, and, and they did it. And then ultimately um, they landed up getting um, tricked. They landed up uh, having uh, um, Great Britain 
uh, still seize possession uh, of their new brave new world. And ultimately, even on paper, it looked like the British gave up the US, but you have a situation of de jure and de facto. And a big part of what you're seeing now is just um, uh, the reigning in uh, of, uh, of the British Empire and all of its wings, um, including that they are absolutely reigning in their control of places like the US, which they ultimately never lost control of. Um, mm. I think that that's a, it's an interesting, an interesting perspective that I've been giving a lot of thought to in terms of who some of the bigger players are, who are, who, you know, we always, we always, we always know the evil, uh, the people creating the most evil because they absolutely remind us of cartoon comic like figures, you know, sort of the stuff Marvel is made of, but then there's always the people behind whose names we never know and we never give any that's thought right. to, but they, they're the drivers, right? And I think it's very, very important, the kind of work you're doing to uh, get behind the, the curtain and, and see who's pulling the, the, the strings. You can see that my style of speaking, just in the way that my brain works, it's like a runaway train. And so absolutely with all, uh, uh, there will be no disrespect if you, uh, if you absolutely are abrupt, cut me off, ask me direct questions, but otherwise what you get is, um, is monologues just uh in that it, i get i get i get i get going and uh and and i just I and i roll and i roll with it so you, you you do whatever it takes to uh to get to the the heart of what you're looking for hey well thank you so much for that intro and uh for your comments i i agree we're battling against a, a massive picture here that we're just learning about everybody's learning about it um i'm trying to let people know that this didn't start in 2020 with a little bit of corruption and a little bit of fraud here and there where a bunch of guys are just trying to make some money. Uh, that's kind of like entry level for people out there that still believe everything the media is telling them and they have zero doubts about their public officials. But when you really start getting, going down the rabbit hole, you realize how ancient this is, how uh, pervasive it is, how powerful it is, and how, as you said, it's, it's really the power behind the throne that we need to watch, um, which is what we're trying to do. And, and I think that's where a lot of people are starting to get to. I mean, um, I was even down at some of the local protests that I was going to here in Canada. We've been in protests for months and months now against our tyrannical government. And I'm seeing people from every background, different age groups that are all talking about the Great Reset, you know, the economy, uh, the, the problem with the food, air, water. You know, people are really starting to up their game because I think what happens is you go in, one door and you find out there's some lies, deception and criminality. And then you can't help but ask the question, where else have these people lied to us? Right. And so everybody right now, I think they're getting so much thrown at them. Uh, it's, it's almost to the point where it's overkill. It's they're, they're confused about what's going on. And that's natural. Even I get confused sometimes. We're all trying to figure out what's up, but I wanted to speak to you, Man, about so many issues. Where do, we were talking off air about some of the things that uh, you wanted to comment that are fresh in your mind. Where's a good place to begin? We just had this monkeypox thing flying around. Yeah. We had the shooters going off. Where do you want to start? Okay, so I'll start by saying that occasionally, what I've been finding myself doing lately, which is not that um, it, it's sort of pre-pandemic, you, you would have seen a much nicer human being. My gloves are off, and and it's part of how you get to the truth. I, I have no, I have no, yeah. I, no interest. Uh, in, in fluff during a genocide. I, I mean, if we were on the battlefield together, um, you know, philosophy um, is great. Thinking about these things are great. I'm a solutions-based guy. We're in the midst of uh, global uh, warfare. We're in the midst of the biggest mass killing that the world has ever seen. We've actually just at 
uh, at the start of it, which is which is terrifying and then also exciting because if you're at the start of something, that's the best place to end it. Right. <laughs> so yep. so if we were in the middle, I'm like, okay, well, we're gonna see how this all goes, and there's an ending that we may or may not win. The start of something is a fantastic place, you know, to cut somebody off, and in this case, it's cut these people off right away. Um, uh, and so I, I'll say that some of the, the topics of the day are, are good pointers uh, to know uh, sort of where we at. And then I'll also articulate it uh, in different ways. But mostly what's on my mind is articulating it uh, in the way that's actually my bread and butter and the stuff that I'm considered uh, a, a global expert, mostly uh, I do my work here in the States. But um, certainly the work that I'm known for is preventing uh, mass mass violence, right? And even to the point where I'll go out and I'll do a big training, a couple thousand people in an audience somewhere. The thing I always tell people is there will be only a handful in those people that will get the concept that all I'm here to do is to build trust so that when you have a concern, when, when, a, when a person has hit your radar or a kid or a, a high school student has hit your radar and you think, could this be something? that you've got a go-to guy. I mean, it, you know, it, right. it's it's all about that phone call. We all know that. Like, your friggin' toilet's overflowing. You need a plumber that, one, is not going to rip you off, but is also going to see you calling, and he's going to be like, shit, I've just got to the bar, but this is like, this is Dave. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to take We need a big plumber right now. Eh? We, <laughs> right, need a, right. we need a few of them. Well, we do. I mean, partly, partly the uh, the metaphor for me is that one of the main drivers to to the shit that we're in is the CDC, and it's not a coincidence mm. that they're monitoring the sewage because they're currently the world's biggest pollutant of sewage. The the work that they've put out, the drivel that they put out, the non the nonsense or non science, if you want to pronounce it that way, that they've put out doesn't meet um, high school level science. And, and yet you've got all these people that are fancy academics with, you know, all kinds of titles behind their name. But you, they, won't, they won't even allow themselves to be cornered in a discussion where somebody like me, who's not even an expert in their field, will go, OK, you explain this to me. You want you want to tell me that a mask is going to work against a nanoparticle. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> let's just start off with some basic physics right right now. Let's just talk. Let's just talk about about size of particles and then maybe if you can convince me that that the size of the particle is different from the known literature on it, then maybe I'll entertain your thought that, um, that, that any level of PPE that's below what you'd find in a BSL-4 level lab with a, uh, a negatively uh, 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 pressured room um, with spray down when they leave there. <laughs> I mean, and even that, it gets through the plastic, right? And so... Things right. that the, the you know, finding the truth for me um, is is a wonderful concept, um, but I think that when it comes to survivability, um, getting trusted people that can help you out in a situation and cut to the chase on something in terms of what do I need to do uh, is is actually for me where we are in this current situation the most important thing we can all do be doing for each other. Um, and well, so, and that's really important uh, just to jump in quick because yeah. there, I named this show Truth Warrior because I bring in that background from the, the whole martial art concept, right? And I know you're, you're in this kind of counterterrorism field and you're very practically minded. You're the kind of man I love to have on because uh, I've had many great people on, but I feel like there's a unique uh, there's a unique perspective from somebody that's like on the ground, physical, hands-on, practical solutions. Let's deal with f fighting this in any way we can. 
than somebody that's only in the books, only in the academic room, right? There's a difference in the perspective. Even some of the people I've brought on that are, um, you know, maybe not ready to go to the level of it's a biological weapon, right? They still agree on the fact that the government went too far and they're lying about the stats and the vaccine isn't safe, but they won't go to the level of the biowarfare level of it. Um, I'm sure you've had many conversations with doctors and experts and, and other colleagues on, on these things. But um, what, would you, what would you bring to the table to say there are these highly advanced biological weapon programs ongoing? There is this kind of research going on about how they can um, make these things fly around faster and there's an experimental process. And this is much bigger than just, ooh, it was accidentally leaked and we just tried to cover it up and we maybe made a few mistakes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great place to start. And I'll also say that that what I love about what you just said about the difference between sort of an academic speaking about stuff and, and, and making it practical like martial arts is this great there's this great exchange uh, with with uh, with Joe Rogan and and the world's top security specialist, uh, Gavin DeBecker. And I am I'm alumni of that academy. Um, and it is the finest training for people that any, anyone who runs protective details all the way to threat assessments and threat management it remains the gold standard uh um, and partly what gavin was able to do from early in his career is cut through the fluff he's not an academic either something's going to work or it's not going to work and if people don't have solutions gavin de becker is completely intolerant of sitting in a room full of people that don't know what they're doing and they invite him then they don't give him an opportunity uh to to you know to speak um you know in the early days he has no interest in that what, why did you invite me? <laughs> you don't know anything about this. Why are you even talking? Right. You know, right? And I've been doing that for, for the body of my work a lot um, with, with some of the professionals. I'll give you an example. Um, I absolutely think that Robert Malone has done phenomenal work during this time. But I've got questions for Robert Malone before I'm willing to trust him. Direct questions. Mm. Uh, for example, he spent 30 years in biowarfare. The, not, not, not the prevention of biowarfare. The development of biowarfare. Yeah, good point. Okay. I mean, that's what he's been doing, right? In his own words, when Wuhan happened, he got a phone call uh, from his buddies that were working that problem in Wuhan, and they tapped him as a resource because that's his field of expertise. So the fact that this uh, has uh, um, uh, similarity uh, into the world that he has been involved in and his clients being, you know, uh, agencies like the Department of Defense which is involved in the construction of this virus and vaccine. He doesn't get a, an instant, oh, I love your beard. I'm a beard guy. So, Rob, you and I are friends. Fuck that. I have, I have no interest yeah. in that. What I'm interested in is, first of all, why am I unpacking how you, how you switch this off? Right? I mean, my own sister, the, the biggest compliment she's ever given me, right? And we're a hard family in each other. There are three doctors in my family. And so you have to do some serious shit to impress each other. And um, and so when I found myself telling somebody recently that it took me a month to work out SARS-CoV-2, how it works, how you switch it off, my sister looked at me and she goes, don't lie. Like you, that's, that's not the truth. It took you a weekend. And then the other weekends you were explaining it already, right? And hmm. I don't think of myself as some sort of uh, Einsteinian genius. I think of myself as somebody that similar to Einstein said that curiosity is the way you understand stuff. And the more right. curious you are, that, that's, that's the unique talent that Einstein said he had. He was curious enough to ask the big questions. And so 
sauce so Kobe. Uh, um, I'll I'll just jump right ahead uh, into and and, and yeah, sort let's of do that. make those connections, right? So sauce Kobe two comes along, and and immediately off the bat, there's some weird stuff that's going on. We don't have to rehash it, but right at the beginning. So first of all, you and I both know like the dates are off, and and I heard you say this didn't start in you know in 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 2019, the end of 2019. It started with corruption before that. I, I've got something else to add to that. It didn't start in 20 at at the end of 2019 because I had COVID in the fall of 2019 before COVID even had a name. Really? No okay. One, I, I've had friends tell me the same thing. And no one around earlier. me and no one around me got sick because that's pure spike protein. That's not the viral transmission. That is at a law enforcement conference, a whole bunch of us at very high levels of, of law enforcement, tactical people, uh, uh, chief of police, captains, uh, heads of divisions of SWAT teams, counterterrorism people. A lot of us came back from that conference really sick. I mean, mm. I, saw, I saw neurologists, I saw rheumatologists. I fixed myself, right? The concept of doctor, heal thyself. But by the time the pandemic had started, I didn't even know that I had gone through it ahead of time fixed the problem had didn't even make the connection at first like well holy shit like these people are going through what i went through months ago because i believed the lie at first where they were like oh yeah this thing's a wuhan lab leak and then slowly very very quickly i started getting questions from my clients that are um private clients federal clients uh, uh, st uh state level clients where they said you know doc is this is this a bioweapon Right. Because there was enough that was odd about the whole thing. And um, the fact that Trump was drilling down on this China, China, China. Right? There was this idea that China was attacking us and that. And so people were concerned. Like, could this be China? Um, the other thing that I noticed right up right off the bat, which I'm hoping every time I do an interview, I can I can you know, sort of poke the bear a little. Uh, and I don't mind if the bear comes out of the cave uh, uh, in hibernation and chases me a little because these are my buddies. You know, may, maybe they'll put me in an armbar or two uh, because they'll be pissed off with me pushing them. But where is everyone? Seriously, why yeah. am I the only person in my field in counterterrorism, right, who has uh, knowledge on bioterrorism talking about this topic? Where is everybody? And this didn't start right now in terms of the sleeping bear. It started in the first few weeks of something that looked like a biowarfare attack. And I'm not hearing a word of anyone checking for anthrax. Not in their facilities, not in, not with their clients. And if you go and Google uh, the the symptoms of inhalation anthrax, you will find COVID. You will really? find same symptoms. Same symptoms. I mean, you're not going to get any skin version of it. Uh, you it, it is completely different from the anthrax that animals would get from from dirt. Inhalation anthrax uses a biological attack or even as a natural occurrence of inhaling anthrax spores will mimic. Uh, uh, the, at least on a superficial level of what a doctor see. So when nobody in my field is asking questions, like, is this anthrax, right? I knew that the, we, we were going to be in a major problem over here because I never intended, just like any cop out there that shows up to like a shooting like yesterday or, uh, or Vegas, nobody wants to work this problem alone. I, yeah, I've been exactly. working this problem for two years, enough to the point that I finally decided I'm going to put this in writing so that if there's any legal issue or if I get taken out, I can let the world know that I tried my best. And that's when I uh, emailed the FBI, two divisions, 
the one that is more known to me, the behavioral analysis unit, which does very, very similar to work me with me and the people that I see at the conferences and the people that I've learned from and 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 my go-to people. If I if I need something or if they need something, this is a community of people that will say, um, you know, uh, uh, we've got this, we've got this uh, potential uh, uh, terrorist. Uh, you know, is any has he hit the radar for anybody else? Um, and it's not done in any sort of, um, you know, I think something that I'm really pissed off with is that that when something is off, it also brings out the extremists. Like all of a sudden you've got to hear from all of these people that don't exist, that don't think viruses exist. Really? Like at the end of the day, I don't care how you imagine or visualize what viruses are. The fact that one person can get sick from another person <laughs> means there's something that is microbial being transmitted from the one to the other. And if, if anyone thinks that's a conspiracy theory, they just need to spend a couple of hours at the local veterinary office. The dogs and cats mm -hmm. are not in on the act, right? If, if, a, if, a, if an animal is going to get parva or if an animal is going to land up with, with kennel cough or if an animal is going to land up with a, a leukemia virus like cats get, they, they didn't listen to some show. They didn't listen to Dr. Fauci. They got sick. They got sick mm -hmm. from a microbe coming out of some level of secretion, right? Out of another being's body and then, and then absorbing it in, in some way through their body. That can be through the nose, can be skin, can be anal. I don't care what it is. The microbe is going from one body to another body. And so all these people that suddenly say, oh, the idea of how we get sick is, uh, is so off, is a huge part of, 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 the, of, the, of, uh, of the distractions. Uh, well, and I'm glad you brought this up because I've been, you know, I've been talking to different people about this. I had my own experience with whatever this thing is in early February, 2020. Uh, I also had it again, um, in the winter, what would it be just uh, probably January, February. And it was foreign. It was something totally different. It seized my body right away. All the same symptoms everybody talks about the respiratory, the muscle aches were just devastating the headaches, et cetera, on your, uh, off your feet. And I'm a healthy guy. I take care of my health. Um, I would say I approach health from a very terrain concept of, I've got to keep my body right. I got to keep my fitness, right. I got to eat right. I got to, you know, take care of my body like a garden. But, um, when I started seeing that people were saying, well, you, you can't, there is no such thing as contagion. There is no such thing as virus. I'm like, well, are we just dealing with the terms? Are we looking at it from, and I don't mind different perspectives, but then I thought, well, what about even just putting that aside? What about the fact, the level of sophistication in bio-warfare technology, right? Because there's maybe the discussion between people about natural viruses, but then there's also this fact that we're being chemically and biologically attacked in a variety of different ways. And obviously they would know how to transmit these different things from people. This is how I'm thinking about it. So well, you're thinking what about do you think perfect, about that? Yeah. You're thinking about it perfectly. And I think the, the easiest way um, and uh, to visualize this, um, and, and then I'll also say, I'll also help us to not get hung up uh, on, for example, like the genomic sequences known, right? And they gave it mm -hmm. to us. Now that's a problem. Like it would be so, so much better if a whole bunch of other independent agencies, independent researchers, you know, isolated this thing on their own, but that's not how it occurred, right? It's basically the recipe was given. But if you follow a recipe, right? Let's say it's a recipe uh, that you've never made. Um, you've never made a pizza before. You've never even heard of a pizza, 
but you follow all the steps and you land up with this round object that has melted cheese on it, you know, um, and, 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 and a whole bunch of toppings that you followed each step. And then you compare it to somebody else that followed the recipe and they look the same. And then you did a taste test, right? And then you also did a, a latent heat test to see, you know, what temperature the cheese melted at. Like the fact that the that, that it matches when you rebuild it, which there's been several people that have rebuilt it, uh, the fact that it matches the effects, like for example, uh, uh, the work that we, some of the work we can get into around uh, venom peptides, the fact that some some scientists isolated those peptides from the genomic sequence and then put them into uh, um, uh, a container filled with tadpoles, and it poisoned the tadpoles. So really? unless unless somebody can explain to me that suddenly they absolutely believe that we're in a simulator, right? And there are no tadpoles. Like Bertrand Russell, uh, the uh, the philosopher, said, you know, it's very difficult to to ever prove that this world exists. But whether it exists or not, we are as as beings that exist in either a real or imaginary world. It, there's consequences for being in that world. And he said, right. so if I kick a rock. And it hurts my toe. That's good enough. <laughs> it doesn't, the rock is, is either real or imagined, but it just hurt my toe. And it's the same thing here, right? The, the, the consequences of the, of, the, um, of the microbe and its weaponry is what's important to me. Not, not necessarily whether you want to get even deeper and go, well, is there another way that we can visualize this? Yeah, I'll entertain that after people stop dying. Stop wasting my time right now. Right. We've got body bags and we've got, we've got more and more people dying. I need to help people to learn how to switch us off very briefly um, so that we can use this as the stepping stones. This is how I imagine it. If somebody wants to have their own theory, that's fine. In looking at the research, you have SARS-CoV-1. That was right. a, a thing. And then you have MERS. And, and, and for the longest time, there were people even back then that said that SARS-CoV-1 and MERS were manufactured, that there were certain components of those viruses that were already being tweaked. And what you can imagine, and it's not a stretch in terms of where we are right now, is that if they isolated a bat, a virus from a bat, which I believe that they did, I think that SARS-CoV-1, in my opinion, comes from a bat from a copper mine. It matches where they said in Wuhan, where they got the bat from. It matches to me because I know that this thing is extremely resistant to copper. So the fact that it was in a copper mine means it had uh, both the virus and the creature. Uh, you know, the, the, the creature was the reservoir for these viruses. Everything involved in that biological system would be able to withstand very high levels of, of copper and levels that would be up to the point of copper toxicity. And it didn't kill the bats and it didn't kill the viruses and it didn't kill the bacteria because all of that evolved to live within that extreme environment. So it makes sense to me that SARS-CoV-1 comes from a bat from a copper mine. There's no big deal in isolating an original virus. Then that made a very good viral vector to stop playing with. Why? Because I just told you it's copper resistant. The body destroys viruses with a whole range of um, uh, antimicrobials, which most people are familiar with, things like hydrogen peroxide. Right? Remember when Trump said people could drink disinfectant, right? The same stuff we use in our kitchen or a swimming pool, your body manufactures versions of those. That's why we know to manufacture them outside the body. Like we make hydrogen peroxide. 
Honey has hydrogen peroxide in it to preserve honey. The bees didn't go out to a supermarket and put hydrogen peroxide 1% in it, right? And so these things exist in nature. And then what happens is scientists harvest the things that they want. And what they do is over time, they learn purification techniques to extract the smaller and smaller items that they want from whatever it is that they're working on. So here's this thing called SARS-CoV-1, and it is a virus from a bat that is uh, the body the, the, the body of creatures is going to have a hard time eliminating it uh, uh, early. It's going to reach viral threshold because it's going to need copious amounts of copper and zinc to defeat it. So it's really, it, you've got an armored vehicle, like you've got a bear cat, right, that the SWAT team is going to use. And now you can decide what weaponry you want to put on it. But as a viral just vector, to, go ahead. Oh, just to pause you there, I was as you're talking about, this is, remember, we're talking SARS-1, okay? Yeah. SARS-CoV-1. Um, when I interviewed, I interviewed Dr. David Martin in 2020, and he brought up a little point where he said, we didn't have any SARS outbreaks on the planet until after they started messing around with it in these labs in around 2003. That's when we had it was after that. It, other than that, we've been coexisting with bats and everything for a long time. It was only when they started messing with it that all of a sudden we had a problem with SARS. What do you think about that? A hundred percent. And, and uh, David Martin is the go-to guy who understands how to look at patents, right? That labs are putting out to know what they are tinkering with because they protect that, which they perfected or that, which they're working on. And so when you see right. a, the evolution of a patent that starts off with a bat virus, and then all of a sudden this bat virus is now capable of infecting this because this got changed. That is all written out in a patent because ultimately they're protecting their rights to turn this at some point into a consumer product, which they've now done. That consumer product is now called the COVID-19 vaccines. And there is- Because they can't profit off anything that's in nature. They, they, can, they have to change it and then patent it in order to be able to profit from it. Because right? it would never, I mean, nature doesn't allow, um, nature is a perfect balancer of, it creates homeostasis wherever it is. Right. So. The, the, a bat and the viruses in the bat have a very, a very simple task. Uh, that task is basically they are there to balance out population. So if you think about people that would have lived in a cave, right, that if they start eating the bats, that's going to be a problem because the bat is balancing out all the other parasites, all the other microbes. The viruses in the bat have got the job inside the bat. And so ultimately it becomes population control. If the human beings were starving to death and they started taking out the, the, um, the creature whose job it was to keep that ecosystem in check, that creature has mechanisms that would stop a human being from being able to create disorder. And so part of it would be okay. loss of appetite, throwing up, uh, making people sick. Uh, you know, it, it, these are these are natural. What we what, what's interesting is gain of function as a term is not a it doesn't it doesn't didn't start off as this term that means that a human being tinkered with something. Gain of function is a biological term that, that we've always used in biology to say certain cells, certain uh, um, uh, parts of uh, the being's uh, uh, system um, over time evolved a gain of function to take on a new role and responsibility. It, right. it's, it, it's, the, it's the molecular version of Darwin. It's basically saying this creature needs to outdo all of its things. 
And so ultimately it will change over time to, to beat out the competition or for a certain uh, bigger altruistic function. Uh, for example, you know, you have predators with any system. Wolves are like this. When you reintroduce wolves, for example, into Yellowstone, right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't create this, uh, this destructive property that you would think in producing an apex predator does. Everything starts thriving. The entire mm. ecosystem thrives when apex predators control a system. Now, I've just given you the moral justification of WEF, Davos, Bill Gates, Schwab. I've just explained to you how they are thinking about themselves. They believe they are apex predators controlling the system called Earth that is not sustainable in the way that we live in. That's how they convince other people that this needs to be done. They are. And it has to be them. It has to be them. It has to be them. And just like a wolf that is reintroduced and then everything thrives, they honestly believe. And here's the thing. They might be right. But that doesn't mean to say that it's moral or that it's not painful or the experiments could go wrong. And it doesn't mean to say there weren't a million other alternatives. Guess what? In Yellowstone Park, the, the wolf is not the only apex predator. And in every system, there's alternatives. There's never going to be like the Highlander. Oh, there's only one. Right. And so these people, their narcissism, their narcissism has the risk of killing the system, not sustaining it. I believe their trajectory, it will never work. I believe their global experiment will never work. And I believe that if we let them go, they will absolutely destroy the planet Earth to the point that only the most primitive creatures, the earliest bacteria and viruses, will survive. And there's where they get the word great reset from. Wow, that's an incredible perspective. Like, just to show the, the mentality that they have, they're also died in the flesh materialists, no doubt. And they believe in that model of the universe. And they, um, I mean, come on, these guys, these elites have been writing down about how much they would love to control the population of humanity for a long time. There's been, I mean, endlessly. Uh, but the thing is, is here we are now, we've got, so we started with SARS-CoV-1. If there's any other points on that, and then how did we get to SARS-CoV-2 sure, so and then the, the snake thing? So, so um, we know the bat lady, as she's known, out of Wuhan, tinkered with this thing for years. And we know all of her papers. And we know that, that Barrick, for example, at Chapel Hill, uh, I always forget to write down their names because I, 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 um, uh, my brain is, is, is weirdly built and that things that I'm working through are relevant will be at the top and easy for me to remember. And other things I will have to go to my notes or I'll have to pull it up. But I, I, um, I can use the, the things that will stick to make it easy to remember. For example, in Canada, in Winnipeg, you had two uh, scientists that were working in Winnipeg that also worked for the Communist Chinese uh, Party. Right. Uh, and they got kicked out. They were deported because they were shipping their gain-of-function products back and forward. And Trudeau will not release information about who paid for those trips. That's crucial. Because here's the thing, if you want to, if you want to ever solve a crime and if you want to see who participated in the crime, uh, if you and I colluded to do a crime and we ate and we drank coffee together and one of the two of us still had the receipt in our pocket, it puts us at, 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 a, at a meeting where we discuss later on, if somebody said that we weren't there, you'd be like, no, dude, your name, <laughs> you gave the server your name. Mm -hmm. It's actually on the, re on the receipt that they found in Tao's pocket. 
Similarly, when Trudeau, when it's forced to release the information on who paid for these trips, we'll have one more piece of this puzzle. I believe it was probably Garvey. I believe that it, it, it will relate to the, the, the uh, Bill and, and Melinda Gates Foundation in some way as, yeah. the, sp mm -hmm. as the sponsor to, 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 this, to this research, right? And it's a missing piece of the puzzle. So here's the thing. Really simply, they work on SARS-CoV-1. It becomes SARS-CoV-2 uh, because they perfect um, through a series of different scientists working on this. They perfect the ability for this to exploit the ACE2 receptor very easily. Um, it's, it, it, it's kind of like the, the easiest way that, that you can visualize it is what they really built. And the word that they use uh, biologically um, is very easy to visualize. They call it a raft. And, and what it is, is it, it, it's similar to um, when you have a, the, that little squared uh, um, object that you put a, a, um, a flash on a camera or a mic stand uh, or, you know, just the, the, the slot where you've got, you know, just a very simple mechanism where the two line up and click into place and it becomes this universal way. And so essentially, from a replication point of view, the issue with a bat virus means that it was built to replicate in a in bats so it's not going to have an ability to replicate easily but if you change out that raft right to one that will fit a human now you've got a universal plug a universal port where this thing can just click into the ace receptor and you know i, I like getting a little gross because it helps people to remember some of the concepts here like when it clicks in that's basically just the sexual aspect to SARS-CoV-2. And just like everything else, scientists around the world were given a distraction. And then naturally, because it's the viral replication and we're all obsessed with sex, people stopped asking, well, where else does this slot into? Right. If you build a universal raft and it fits ACE2, that doesn't mean to say it's not going to fit into other receptors really easily if it's made to fit into human receptors. So now I'm going fast forward in terms of you have, so this becomes SARS-CoV-2 because the spike protein is rebuilt, right? The original SARS-CoV-1, all coronaviruses have a form of spike protein on. And then you, um, uh, similar to, um, you know, putting on chains on tires for winter, right? The tire stays the same, but you add the chains. And so okay. when you talk about gain of function on a spike protein, you're leaving the original structure, you're giving it different ionic charges, and then you're attaching substances to it that are going to allow it to have different functions. Like a kid's toy. That's all it is. Lego. You, and and you, need, you need the base, right? And the base doesn't change out. And that's the original little nubs, like those little things that they, they give the, the name to coronaviruses those things that look like a crown when you take a picture of it from above, right? Those little nubs, you just attach different pieces to it. And the pieces that they've attached to it that make it lethal um, are there's four HIV inserts. And there was an outstanding paper written by some scientists. And the title of it included the word an uncanny similarity to HIV. Um, and Part of what happened with that is out of, I mean, let's just think about which university this was. Um, and actually, I'm not going to quote the university because I don't want to bring down a university that wasn't involved. But there was a US-based university with a whole range 
um, of um, Chinese scientists working in it. Um, and um, they basically put out a hit paper. And, and that hit paper replaced the thinking that there were HIV inserts. And that, that also was the first damaging part to the venom. No one ever looked at it again. Um, they basically, this lab specializes in protein synthesis, peptide synthesis. And so not only have they got a uh, responsibility to make sure that nobody um, got to ask these questions two years ago to protect their own grants and their own interests and their own business interests, but more than likely they were involved in some of this R&D. And so someone leaned on them and said, why did you write a paper explaining how this is not similar to HIV? But here's the thing, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing, pronouncing his name right, or maybe I'll just call him Luke. Uh, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the original um, uh, finder of the HIV virus. Oh, um, Luke Montagnier, you're talking about? There we go. I think that's it takes, how you say it. It takes a Canadian guy with some, <laughs> so, with a decent French accent so that I didn't want to... That's as it. much French as I got for you, but yeah. Before, before he died... Okay, uh, he he was interviewed, and you can go find this interview. And he basically explained that this is HIV. If right, there was yeah, anyone yeah. in the world that was going to say that this is a match to HIV, it's the guy that found HIV, not the guy that tried to sell HIV, not the guy that infected half the planet that came of NIH. The guy that isolated this particular inserts that that happened to be on viruses that give uh, that create a uh, an autoimmune uh, uh, create AIDS, which is basically just saying these things run the batteries flat because mm. of their inserts. You're going to create a, a problem that the body is not going to keep up with the resources and capability of the immune system. Therefore, other viruses thrive. Therefore, other bacteria thrive. And then if you allow that to happen, to use your garden terrain metaphor, which I agree with that when you mess with the terrain, all of a sudden the weeds can grow or the fact that yeah. an environment gets acidic or the fact that, you know, all of a sudden you've got different stuff growing. You've got different stuff flourishing because these, what these inserts do is they, they basically uh, um, are, they're complicated in the, the way that they, they, they keep the immune system in an overdrive. That's what HIV, that's the relationship between HIV and AIDS. And it doesn't have to happen, right? If you look at terrain theory, what your rain theory will tell you is that if you keep up with the resources that you're burning through, you shouldn't get sick. Yeah. Right. right. And, and which is why you had all these HIV positive people and still do that don't get sick. Yeah. And then you have certain people that are either at genetically at risk or where the viruses are, um, are thriving in their body and it will take somebody out pretty quickly, but it's not a given. It's not a given that you can't stop that trajectory. So, to quickly get back to the SARS-CoV-2, and then we can talk about the spike protein. You have the spike protein that with the gain of function. And the part that I started looking at early on was I could not explain from a weapon standpoint why this thing was causing the inflammation that it does. I just, it, does it doesn't make sense for a virus, right? The same way as people will say, well, you can't take, uh, you don't take antibiotics for a virus. True, you don't take antibiotics. So then why is this virus causing septicemia? Hmm. Why, are, why are nasty uh, bacteria flourishing? What, what, what is this thing doing? What is this thing doing to a system that would mean that antibiotics are absolutely needed for those that want to go that route, right? There's other, obviously there's other ways to counter uh, bacteria, but the quickest medical way we know and so when I started uh, looking at, at, uh, at the inflammation aspect, 
that's the first time that it really took me to the places where the gain of function research and the evidence for uh, you know a long time. You know, you're talking you're talking a at least a thirty year history uh, of looking at, at 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 sort of the evolution. And then even before that, I'll I'll show you how far back this goes in terms of the achievement. Um, when somebody sort of can't visualize this platform that you can, you know, that has spikes on it, that you can add things to the spikes, um, even harder for some people um, to imagine is taking a virus, right, and adding stuff to it like uh, venom or in, in plants, we don't call venom uh, uh, venom, we call it lectins. And so I found a paper from 1977 where they took plant-based uh, venom, which is called a lectin, and they successfully put it onto a coronavirus and got that coronavirus to replicate and now have venom on. Really? All through the 19, 70s? Holy 1977, this was already done. The idea Whoa. that you can and, – and here's the crazy part. Like this is the part that pisses me off about all these people. The, 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 the biggest aspect uh, of the pandemic that's driving it and, and the root of all evil in this case is that everybody needs to make a buck. Everybody is thriving because they're making money off human suffering. So the protein, uh, the peptide specialists and the venom spe specialists, they won't speak up. Virologists that understand the concept of being able to put all kinds of shit onto a virus, they won't speak up. So the layperson is left very confused because the experts aren't explaining that we achieved a lot of this a long time ago. And here's another weird aspect to it that makes this really confusing, but also very simple for people to understand. Because most human beings, unless they have some uh, religious reason, uh, moral reason, or they are sober, most human beings um, partake in, in the production or fermentation uh, of, uh, of food substances that make alcohol, and they drink alcohol. Okay. So the weirdest part about all this is to make more venom, to make more toxins, to make spike proteins, you use microbes. You grow spike proteins with yeast. And it looks nothing, it looks no different than a microbrewery down the street from you who has those decent sized vats that are metal. And in a couple of weeks' time, you can go and pick up your favorite, whatever it is, you know, they bring out a new beer called Dingbat Beer, you know, whatever version two, right? And where have they done that? And how have they done that? They've just regrown, they've regrown in a vat. They've introduced microbes, and those microbes control the process, including taking in substances and then either dying, right? Some microbes die, but most of them don't die. What they do is they either secrete um, or um, uh, uh, use the, you know, sort of nastiest term for it. They poop out the byproduct that you're looking for as waste. Hmm. And so spike proteins are made by microbes. And so once you insert a code, okay, then you can ask it to produce this new substance. Then you can literally go online right now and you can buy, you can go and buy cobra toxin and it will never have come from a snake. There was no snake involved at all. They've got the genomic sequence. They understand what pieces that they need. And then they command a microbe through purification processes to synthesize the little strand of protein, no different from an old school ticker tape. The thing that's making the sequence, and this gets to the point where like, all right, I'm done. 
Like, I just want to chill out. Like, it's too big for me to even imagine that, that this is the way that creatures work and that scientists over you know, hundreds of years of experiments, you know, ever since the first genetically modified beans to understand that there were these you know, sequences uh, of, 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 of DNA threads that are just chains, double helixes. We speed that up to the point where technology is involved. And now you have the entire genomic sequence of the human being. If you could, if you could have the time and you could do the purification process, you essentially could assemble a human being in its entirety once we have the computer code, which we now do. So organs, you know, uh, uh, fake organs in the, uh, in the future, all of that is what, they, what they're working towards. And last point that I'll make, because I know I've been talking a lot uh, before your next question, is that in this case, the microbes that they're using are not in a big vat in a lab somewhere. They're exploiting the microbes in someone's cells to do the same thing. The human being is the vat for them. So they're inserting in an injection a code of uh, mRNA, billions of them, because most of them are not going to be viable. The body's going to fight them off. But some of them, if you can imagine them to be like little worms, they're going to burrow into the human cell. They're going to take over the mechanism of the human cell, and they're going to instruct that human cell to make more. So essentially, the vaccine is working like a virus. Without is that why they're doing multiple shots? They want to keep you getting more doses? Okay, so here's where we can get some, some really cool stuff out of this interview that, that very few people are thinking about or even understand the mechanism. A lot of interviews I've been doing, a lot of the explanation I've been doing is that COVID essentially uh, is a poisoning. Um, when you have a natural uh, virus, in this case, the SARS-CoV-2 with a fake spike protein in it, um, that gets into the human body that replicates because it's attached to those mechanisms that can allow it to penetrate the cell and make more of itself. What COVID is essentially is that the virus is making more of the of itself, which includes the spike protein, and the spike protein is a toxin to the human body. And those toxins bind uh, it to something called the nicotinic acetylcholine receptor which is the same receptors that nicotine binds to. Hence, it's a very complicated name, very hard to, to, uh, to, uh, to, to see the connection here. Nicotinic receptor, and so nicotine is going to bind to it. But so does alpha bungrotoxin from things like microbes and more importantly, along the history, right? You get to the point where the apex predator is using those uh, uh, microbes in copious amount to produce venom. So the snake takes the original uh, bacteria or virus that had these toxins on it, and the snake harbors them. And over time, that becomes like a little gland. And then the, basically, the, uh, the bungrotoxin, the exploit of any toxin in the body, is going to be the same way as a snake would use it. It's the easiest way to visualize. It doesn't have to be a snake. It could be scorpion. It could be. It's what it's going to do to eat or to defend itself is that it is going to inject that toxin into its prey to basically put the prey into an armbar. Hmm. Doesn't want to kill the prey. Just incapacitate. It, correct. And it needs to do an armbar at a distance. Okay. 
So I have never seen any MMA fighter with enough Jedi tricks that someone just falls over and puts themselves in an armbar. But a snake he is will be armbarred. Yeah. <laughs> and the snake has that capacity. So that is exactly what a cobra is doing. It is spitting an aerosolized particle that travels in the air that goes into the eyes or any muco any layer that it can get into soft tissue. And then those, those uh, uh, um, uh, particles are so small that we are literally talking about the shortest chains of peptides in the world. There's only, you only need like 12 or 13 amino acids tied together for that to get into those receptors and switch the prey off. So it, wow. it, it, it doesn't want the mouse to run away because the mouse is always going to be faster than the snake. The, the mouse is already, uh, has got an advantage because it's got distance, right? Think about, think about a long range weapon. The ultimate long range weapon is not a front kick or a roundhouse. It's literally getting to the opponent without touching them. Hmm. Now in human terms, we'd call this a taser. Right. It's the same right. thing. Yeah. It doesn't kill you, right? but that shuts you down. And what is the venom doing? It is literally so short as a chain of peptides. By the way, if we run over time, that's totally fine. I, I, okay, I'm, I'm good. You, this yeah, is so yeah, fascinating. You go I, as long I, as you want. I find you very easy to talk to. So this is wonderful conversation that should make sense to a lot of people. That I'm breaking this down in the way that I had to understand all of this stuff to understand things like nerve agents in biowarfare. What the reason that you're able to create this uh, long distance weapon that its primary goal uh, is to uh, is to um, shut that uh, creature down for whatever reason, mostly either for defense or for food. But in human being terms, we'd use a taser to 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 stop violence from occurring, right? And we'll use a, a non-lethal, right, uh, like a taser. But what we're using is electricity, and so venom are switches. They literally able to get in to the junctures where you have your natural switches and they exploit the switch. Okay. All right. Another way to think about them for somebody who's going, okay, I'm not that good with electricity. Never, never shocked myself. Don't understand how electricity works. Uh, this is no different than if you are taking a break uh, and you don't feel like walking around the whole building. It could be a cigarette break. It could be an Instagram break. I don't care what you're doing at work, but you're going to get locked out of the building unless you jam the door with something, you're just jamming the door from shutting. And so when you jam the door of a chemical receptor, what happens is the chemical receptor can't clean itself out. So you either have too much neurotransmitter or not enough. And so the electricity either stays on or stays off. And if there isn't enough of a door jam or a switch there, what's it going to do? It's going to look like a windshield wiper. It's going to be intermittent. Now, most people have, have experienced this. I might be experiencing a little, little bit of it right now by wearing headphones. Tinnitus, ringing in the ears, mm, yeah. is intermittent transmission for most people because it's not on all the time. But if it gets stuck on, that is a, a switch that is now jammed and it's firing and nothing can turn it off. And so you, you, you perceive sound when there's no sound there. And it can literally drive a human being mad because it's not supposed to be happening. And until you can get into that switch and pull those switches out, there's no way of shutting it down. 
Now, smell and taste, in my opinion, of COVID that disappears is the exact same principle. But what's happening is the olfactory uh, uh, nerves are getting to the point where they are firing and not switching off, and then they burn out. So this is part of the reason. So let me just sketch a few things in for people here, because when we're talking about this, first of all, I think what people visualize when we start talking about venom or this kind of thing is that they're just taking a bunch of snakes, they're milking them of venom, they're getting big vats of snake venom, dumping it into the water supply, and then off we go. And that's that's sort of the cartoon image people had when I when when Dr. Artis first came out sure. with the theory, right? Sure. But sure. but as we've gone through and I've done interviews with him and we've gone through it and I've looked at it more, it's it's obviously not what was said at all. It's just the way it got advertised, but there's a much more complicated process which you've already broken down. But like what I'm seeing here is there were many anomalies that point to the fact that this wasn't a normal respiratory virus, like children not having any issue with it, really. Like even sure. my kids, I think whatever, when I was sick, they had maybe a fever for a day or two, and then that was it. They were good. Um, and yet the regular influenza has a higher mortality rate with children than even COVID does. And that doesn't make sense if this is a novel virus, a new virus, right? Yes. So that yes, was one yes. little point. The other yes. point was, what's with all the smokers? that smoke cigarettes that have a very low mortality rate and hospital visitation rate. You'd think people that smoke in their lungs every day, whatever it is, would have the biggest issue with any kind of respiratory virus. So those two things alone, I went, it is kind of weird. And then I had a, I've had a, I'll tell you real quick. I had uh, two friends of mine. One is my colleague, Michael Tessarian. I work with, we do shows together. And he said, when he got whatever it was, he said right away, he's like, I felt poison. It felt mm -hmm. like I was poisoned. That he wasn't the only one to say it. Uh, I had a friend of mine who's a contractor near me. Before I even told him any of this theory, I went over to see how he was because I heard he was sick with COVID, right? And I went, how's it going, man? And he goes, dude, I literally feel like I got hit by a truck. It feels like I was poisoned. One day I was at work all day, fine, no problem. My whole crew was with me. And then we were coming back on the ferry. We had some lunch on the ferry. And then all of us got this thing immediately as if it hit us while we were driving. Like I was fine. And then all of a sudden I was destroyed. And so what I did, I went over there and just, I asked Dr. Artis, I'm like, what would you suggest? He goes, get him some Nicorette gum and just see what happens. And I'm like, I don't know. So I just told my buddy, I'm like, do you mind? You want to try this out? He told me within 24 hours after chewing, he says, I chew that gum all day. He was right as rain the next morning, all of a sudden back to normal, back to work, totally good. No, like, so that was just a personal experience that I have with this, but anyways, fill well, in the blanks I mean, for now, Yeah. Now you understand the mechanism. So, so basically, um, uh, person getting, uh, infected with, uh, with, uh, this, I think what confuses people is you can create this poisoning with or without the virus. If okay. the concentrations are high enough of just the spike protein, which is what I think I got hit with in fall of 2019, no one else around me got sick, right? And so uh, basically um, you can get the poisoning aspect. And if you go back to the original videos out of Wuhan, I looked at these videos and now it gets even easier because we now have had millions of people, you know, around the world, millions of people had COVID. None of them looked like, like Wuhan. These people were falling mm -hmm. over in the street. Like th th that's why the, my industry originally asked questions because Anybody who's trained in nerve gas, you're seeing nerve gas. I mean, you should yeah. be asking, is the sarin, like, what's up with these people just falling over? 
Like we, we've all had viral, uh, um, you know, we've gone through a life, whether you end up having one of the, the pox viruses like chicken pox, uh, or you end up having a, um, um, a, a virus like norovirus that you picked up from food. Like none of us uh, before uh, the end of 2019 or by March of 2020, very few people had ever been so sick from a virus that you were talking to them and then they just shut off. Yeah, like, I've never seen it. There's a lead up to it, right? So anybody anybody who's anybody in my field should realize that what they were walking through or what was given to them in the subway or what was hanging in the air more likely were that they were in clouds of spike protein. So you think it might've been an aerosol release? I absolutely believe that Wuhan mm. was aerosolized. I absolutely believe that, that, that part of the reason that certain countries uh, have more issues than other countries are in twofold. If you're just talking about the spike protein, the issue of pollution will hold these particles up in the air for three hours plus. Because oh, the spike, smog, right? Yeah. Because smog are supercharged. Smog is smog because it is not just uh, dirty air. The reason that it gets thick is because you've got magnetic air. You've got ion, you've got ionic charges. And those ionic charges grab particles uh, from all over the place. And so that's what dirt is. And so basically, if you throw venom into the mix, if you throw a spike protein into the mix, which is highly charged, uh, the, the, the spike protein is a predominantly highly charged, uh, positively charged particle. And it's so tiny that you would get Brownian motion, which anybody has ever seen a stream of light and you watch the little particles flying around and staying in the air, then pollution keeps this stuff in the air. How do I know that the Chinese knew this? Because they were spraying their air with water cannons. Mm. They were literally cleaning their air and then cleaning their streets. They were bringing down, they were bringing down these toxic particles with or without the virus on them. They were bringing it down to ground by cleaning the air, which they do for their pollution anyway. But they were doing it in the centers, including Wuhan, where they had this issue. So part of it is that um, uh, uh, that's one aspect. The other aspect of is that if you have a viral particle that's hanging in the air that's supercharged, the viability of that virus, whether it's in the air or on a surface or in the human body, is going to what's going to dictate its um, sustainability is UV light, particularly UVC. Um, it denatures the viral envelope and it changes UVC changes the charges on tiny particles. So UVC countries like New Zealand, countries like Australia without pollution, and high UVC, they were never going to have a problem with this toxin mm. from a viral perspective. Could they have a problem with it if it was an attack, a, a, a cloud of, of, a, of, of, you know, used in the same way of nerve agent? Absolutely. But as a, as a contagious disease, no friggin' way. If you add the fact that they're the highest lamb eating nation in the world and lamb is anti-venom, not a chance. Yeah. yeah. Lamb is anti-venom. Before we wrap up, we should leave time for solutions because I said I'm a solutions sure. guy. And yeah. my primary aim right now is to preserve life and to help those that are vaccine injured not die. I mean, it's Absolutely. as simple as that. You have to keep it blunt. So the uh, um, the other aspect of, of, of uh, what, what, what I was sort of in, uh, I had a, 
brain smile when you were talking about your sort of the way that people visualize with the snakes and stuff like that. I get it if, if people aren't used to what labs are capable of doing right now, but they should realize that if they're able to go down the street and eat a burger, like, like impossible burger, right. Or beyond meat, how, how, how do you think those are grown? These are synthetic peptides. You're not going to yeah. find these are not these are not just oh like back in the day when you ate a veggie burger and it was black beans mushed up with you know mushed up broccoli these are synthetic peptides these are lab grown substances so the fact that you can grow a burger right should be okay so if you're growing stuff like that and if you want to start growing toxins and if you want you can go online right now any person who doesn't believe. Uh, that this theory is 100% plausible. Uh, and if they're the deepest skeptic, why don't they just go online and order some venom from the numerous countries around the world that supply venom peptides? There's no snakes involved. <laughs> so you can buy synthetic and, and they'll tell you whether it's real or, or, or synthetic. I mean, you're ordering a product. And if you want real venom, there are certain countries in the world that you can still, India in particular, if they're making anti-venoms or Australia, they have venom catalogs now of synthetics, but they are, they are still milking snakes. They're still milking all kinds. They now uh, have such a catalog of venom that they, they're now milking microbes like because they can do it with a snake, Incredible. right? And if microbes have you know some of the most lethal toxins, so an interesting um, follow-up to uh, to the work that, that 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 I was doing on this, and then um, thank goodness uh, uh, Stu Peters and Brian Artis uh, got this out because I failed to great, gain any traction or interest on this. I think it was too out there, and I I have a um, I call myself an academic, but I won't say anything that I can't go to a court of law and prove. Like my career hinges on threat management. That if I'm going to be sure that this is going to translate into a killing somewhere, I better be sure because otherwise I'm going to ruin someone's freaking life. Makes if sense, I think yeah. somebody needs help or if I think that, that I've got techniques that won't infringe upon somebody's rights. So I hold myself to very, very high level academic standards, even though I've never written a published academic paper. All my work could stand up in court and I've got the papers and I can build the blocks. I just have never got the interest or time to sit down and write something that's going to lay on a dusty shelf somewhere. I've done two of those, a master's thesis and a doctoral thesis. No one will ever read, read them. They're brilliant, but no one will ever read them besides the examiners who wrote, wrote them because that's the world of academic papers. But what people will read is information that they can understand and solutions-based information. A follow-up to my work and the, and the work that Dr. Artis got out there is what also confused people is that there are two uh, what they call homologs, close matches, or you could call clones, uh, synthetic clones, of two of venom that come from two completely different snakes. And those snakes are the crate, K-R-A-I-T, and the one that most people are more com uh, 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 familiar with are the cobra. And those, mm. those venoms are um, opposing venoms. In other words, they've got qualities that don't, um, you're not replicating. This bioweapon wasn't built so that it would pack a double punch. Part of the mechanisms were actually built to counteract each other to stop lethality, which will get you into the juiciest part of this interview. So in other words, you have an agonist and an antagonist, and you have a coagulant and an anticoagulant put together. 
to minimize the harm. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it on a cliffhanger yeah. for a second, okay. uh, and and say that my work subsequently uh, to to at least uh, my side of trying to get this information out was the the snakes that have both of those uh, uh, pro, uh, peptides in them, the crate and the venom, are sea snakes. So not only are you now capable of saying that you were synthesizing, it's. Uh, uh, two different uh, snakes. Now I've actually been able to say that if this was taken from the genomic sequence of the venom of the snake, it's more than likely a sea snake. And then I'm going to say, okay, but as a biologist, I understand gain of function and I understand natural selection and gain of function. And I'm going to say, now you realize that the snakes, the sea snakes would have evolved over time and where they would have got the toxins from are cono snails which is why Brian Artis talks about conotoxins and why when you analyze this stuff further than the original research that said crate and cobra, now you start going, no, it wasn't crate and cobra. It still is. But if you go back in time, like, like, like um, uh, going back, I was about to say, I was about to age myself, like rewinding the tape, like VHS or, or beta. Uh, in today's world, it would be scroll back in, 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 in the history of time from where we are. And you're going to start going further and further back. And now you're just going to find that microbes have these venoms on them, which is that what they're currently working on in terms of extracting you know, toxins that we don't even know about that are in bacteria, uh, super bacteria, uh, super viruses. Um, but where, 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 where I think that these venom peptides, the original code came from, is a particular conotoxin. Um, and I think that that conotoxin would have had an antagonist and a, uh, an agonist together. And here is, uh, uh, I, I keep hinting on it, and I, and I hope some people have been you know, sitting on the edge of the seat saying, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? I, I'm gonna, I am. I'm, <laughs> Go I'm going to say that the part to it that is the most similar to a taser is that molecularly what I think, where my research has taken me, is this is just a compliant tool. The first layer of the bio-warfare, the death toll that we are seeing is, is a consequence of using, the same way as some people die from a taser incident, the death toll that we're seeing in this layer of the attack is an uh, inconvenient consequence that also has convenient consequences. So, for example, the people that would die uh, from this when it's not a medical accident, like shooting up into someone's arm and getting into a vein, because you, you shouldn't be hitting a vein. Um, the deaths are old people and very sick people, people that need a lot of dialysis, people that were vegetative. These are expensive patients on, on just in terms of some sick psychopaths, PNL. Uh, they, these are patients that it, was, that it balances the books and it's profitable to eliminate them and create less sick younger people that are your next range of victims because you're not making enough money from these patients. They're actually costing the system money. When you have a 92-year-old in a home somewhere who's still alive, that nobody's been able to grab their pension, or if they had a life insurance policy, uh, or if they're still on Medicare or whatever Canadian's version of socialized medicine, it is very expensive to keep these people alive. So they just opt them. They culled them as an inconvenient mistake that comes along with using a compliant tool. And what do I mean by a compliant tool? 
if the ultimate goal of this entire pandemic is what I think it is and what a lot of people would agree with me, that it's a centralized government with cryptocurrency run by BlackRock to make that systemic change in the time frame that you want those changes to take place would mean that you have to tranquilize the world. <laughs> wow. Okay. This makes right? sense. This is it's making like, sense. Seriously, these people are the same vile humans that would do date rape. Yeah. Right. If you're going to use ketamine on someone, right. If you're going to, if you're going to give somebody a, a drug that paralyzes them and then you rape them, what they've done is they have created a rape tool. They have created a way of paralyzing people by fear. And then what they've done is they've remedied that with nicotine. They've essentially use those nicotinic receptors and they are using venom in the same way nicotine works to take the edge off life. They've used them in the same way as I've got two subsets of people that I teach in tactical training that are nicotine users. If you have somebody who's taken people hostage somewhere and they ask for a pack of cigarettes as part of the negotiation, that shit is about to go bad. Someone is going to die in that room. Because what it does for a subset of people, nicotine is a motivator. But for the majority of human beings on this planet, nicotine dumbs down your senses and makes you apathetic. Wow. It, makes, it makes you chilled out. The person who's about to punch their boss out in the face says, listen, I'm going to be back in 10 minutes and goes outside and takes a couple of cigarettes and comes back inside and doesn't kill anybody that day. And that's what nicotine does. The zombies that you see, the living zombies that you've seen, the, the window of what they're calling immunity, which was never immune, right? We know that. It had zero. It's got negative benefit. Anybody that takes the vaccine has a higher risk of being infected by the Because you think they're, they're putting it in the shots as well, this whole It's technology. absolutely in the shot. Yeah. Yeah. We know that just, I know that mechanically, I know that through the adverse reactions, I know that from the weird stuff, uh, a buddy of mine just took the Pfizer booster and went deaf in one year, a hundred percent deaf. Okay. I've seen it in my circles too. Everybody, And I'll tell you the baseline is, although I know people that have got the clots, people have had heart attacks, people have died. Um, I also know a lot of people that just keep getting sick over and over. They're like, I, you see it all over Twitter. I keep getting sick. I'm a triple vaxxed. I've got all the things, but I, I keep getting sick. So you know who else gets these type of sicknesses, even, even the obscure ones. So over time, nicotine users will lose their taste and smell. Over time, they'll lose their hearing. Over time, they've compromised their immune system. The nicotinic receptors are not just a paralytic that takes over uh, muscular juncture uh, junctures. Uh, it's not just a mind control thing that, that makes people chilled. There is an, something called an alpha-7 nicotinic receptor that controls your immune system. It works with the vagus nerve. It is the conductor between what's going on in the gut and the thymus gland and the brain to build out the response that's needed for that terrain to stay well. And so why, why people are getting sick and why COVID is so monstrous as a, uh, a very rapid uh, acute condition that almost kills people is literally it's hijacking the immune system. Now, here's the, here's the thing that I, that I uh, hate to be the bearer of, of bad news to these vaccinated folks. 
um, the reason that they would actually be asymptomatic for the window where these receptors are blocked is that they are not producing the immune uh, response that's supposed to give symptoms. If you have swallowed, if you've walked into a room and you've breathed in a whole bunch of toxic air, you're supposed to start coughing. If you have toxins in your body, your body is going to make you get diarrhea. Your body is going to create vomiting. Your body might, you, know, you might even have a nosebleed if, there's, if it might be blood related to create uh, uh, a blood flow. And uh, I mean, the body will injure itself any way it can. It will, it will pull blood to the surface, which is why you see all the horrible skin conditions. Okay. Mm. But if you're not seeing that in someone that has toxin in them, what the body is doing to deal with that toxin is creating fiber. It is literally using Spider-Man web-like shit, where it basically is boxing in the toxins to deal with later because there's no immune system. You know who also has this? Cystic fibrotic patients, AIDS patients. Because what happens to those boxed in, those hijacked areas, those barricades, is that over time, if the body doesn't get a chance to deal with it, if it doesn't break that up, you're going to get a clot. And more importantly, if it doesn't deal with a clot, if the clot doesn't move and give you a stroke or kill you, that clot turns into cancer. Is this why we're seeing uh, a rise in cancers as well then? Absolutely. 100%. And and then the other thing with it is because of those HIV inserts, uh, and and great way to bring this round to where we currently are, I heard uh, somebody like uh, Malone, who's much more educated on this subject of biology than I ever will be. But what he's missing from the equation over here, what he's not thinking through uh, is, and I worked the HIV AIDS epidemic in South Africa, is that the toxins or the virus doesn't kill people. What kills people is the immune system being deficient. And so what you're going to see, you are going to see higher rates um uh, of infections like monkeypox like smallpox like shingles um you're going to have bacterial infections um the highest load uh, one of the highest loads that covid causes because of the compromised immune system is that it makes things like c diff flourish in the body if you've had covid long enough you deplete all the the quote unquote good bacteria and you only left with about five strains of really nasty bacteria and so um, when, the longer that these vaccinated and the more boosters that they have, what they're creating uh, is it basically AIDS. Their bodies will have an AIDS-like profile. Uh, they will start monitoring things like T cells to see how sick they are and how compromised the immune system is. And that is already occurring. And that will occur with all of the, uh, the vaccines, but certain of them will cause disease. Um, a uh, uh, higher chance of things like viral diseases, and those will be your adenovirus uh, uh, viral platforms because you are messing with viruses and attaching a spike protein to a virus that the body is recognizing as not just uh, uh, a spike protein like the mRNA ones. They are recognizing that there's a viral problem. And they are also recognizing that the spike protein combined with the virus will take on the HIV profile. The body will believe that they're under attack from the virus that we know is HIV. And therefore, you will have an even more accelerated rate of the weird stuff 
there is a direct relationship, for example, between HIV infection and monkeypox. Is oh, I was going to ask you because uh, this is what's direct, flying around the media right now. Direct oh, relationship good. between HIV and monkeypox in all people, not 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 just in people engaging in in man to man sex. All people, the greatest tool that they've always used to hide their crimes is they will target. They will target specific people and make it look like those are the only people that have this disease. I can absolutely promise you that monkeypox is up in various populations, not just in homosexual populations. But they want people to think, oh, I couldn't get this. I don't have anal sex. They did this to South Africans. They did this to South African women. They did this to American women. The other, the other thing they're going to start doing is they're going to start saying the only people that are going to have hepatitis that even children are now getting and needing liver transplants are drug users. That's the other trick that they did during the HIV epidemic. It was drug users and homosexual people that were getting this. Meantime, the data was everyone was getting it. If you were susceptible to this, if this locked into your body, uh, the behavior might have added to it. And I won't get into graphic details around like mucosal cells and where those are in your body and why they act like cysts. You know, there is higher rates in certain behaviors, but it is the targeting of victims that they can choose as distraction so that they can basically let infection rise. And then everybody needs their solutions, not just the ones that they've labeled by names or stereotyped or stigmatized. They are on a rinse and repeat cycle. This is the invention that Fauci built for the HIV epidemic. And I want people to make the connection into something because I think humanizing why people do stuff uh, is very important for people. You must bear in mind that Fauci is the son of parents that owned a pharmacy. And the pharmacy was below the apartment that he lived in. So work was literally way too close to home. And as a kid, he would have noticed the treatment that he would have been receiving or how his parents felt or the uh, gifts that he would get or the manipulation that he could get away with would be determined by their PL. So it's a simple, it's a simple way of just looking at human motivation. If your model is a sickness based model and the more sick people that you can sell your wares to, at some point, there's human beings that would purposefully find ways, either directly or indirectly, to make people sick so you can sell them shit. Well, that sounds like the whole pharma industry. The whole pharma industry is based on that model. Their solutions always cause more problems than That's the right. original problem you had. And then there's five solutions to fix the original problem. That's, I mean, that's their model. And so the, the biggest issue that I could say right now, and I promise solutions, um, I want to tell people that part of this is, uh, is for them to understand that they can just go and Google things like nicotinic poisoning. They can go and Google phosphate poisonings from different fertilizers. They can go and see what's been missing from this model, just like you did with your friend with Nicorette and nicotine gum. And I was one of those people that have been getting that information out for a long time as a way that people can try it. Uh, I'm not a medical doctor. I can't prescribe anything, but I can certainly recommend things to friends and family and say, I did this and this is the effect that it had with me. 
So really quickly off the top of my head, um, I'm going to make sure I include them, but I want people to know that my work in this didn't start with this pandemic and it's not going to end with this pandemic. So when I've come up with solutions that are now for sale, a lot of people were like, oh, I read this comment the other day because now I'm trolling the CDC as a hobby. I love writing shit on the CDC. Stuff. Good for you. Uh, it's, 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 really, it's really fun because basically I make fun of the fact that like, you know, they should have figured this out um, with, with all of their billions or budget. It shouldn't be a guy at his kitchen table, you know, with, with Wikipedia. And so at the end of the day, um, what, I, what I saw somebody say the other day um, and why I now have to sort of for at least uh, sometimes when I feel it's appropriate, we'll preface. Somebody said, oh, um, this one, this guy's not even a medical doctor. And two, he's shilling supplements. Okay. First of all, I never invented natural supplements. I never invented food. And I happened to build a, a compound called copperine during this time, which is an inhalable copper zinc uh, 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 particle uh, um, uh, compound that is built where the copper and zinc are bound to each other with sulfur bonds because it replicates what the body is doing. Um, the body has an antimicrobial that it uses and a, an anti-corrosive that it uses in the body called SOD1, SOD1. And so when I looked at copper and zinc and where it needed to go, like in the nasal passages, to fight these spike proteins, to neutralize venom, to start um, treating metal with metal, right? That's why I worked with a team of scientists to build this uh, compound. I didn't build it with the idea of profit in mind. And if the entire pandemic switched off tomorrow and I, I got to put this on a shelf and be proud of it and tell my son about it one day, that's good enough to me, for me. And people that know me know that that's my level of integrity. The other product that I sourced is um, a very, very strong antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer called anacardic, ANA. Um, A-N-A-C-A-R-D-I-C, Anacardic, which they can go to anacardic.com because I've just spelt it out and they can people can see these products for themselves. But the reason for the antioxidants is that regardless of whether somebody believes in venom or whether they believe that viruses exist, what is 100% provable based on lab results and based on the set of circumstances, symptoms that people are getting is that this is oxidative stress. This is the body reacting to free-floating, free-radical electrons that are negatively charged, and that is what antioxidants do. They are scavengers. They are particles that are charged and have the right molecular features where they can allow those electrons to grab hold of it and, uh, and get out of the system. The same way as if somebody owned a super cool uh, vintage uh, Porsche, and they were moving it from uh, the desert uh, to the coast, they better be making an appointment with somebody that knows about how to keep corrosion off a car. Otherwise, their pride possession is going to get eaten alive uh, by rust. And rust is the problem. We don't call it rust in the body, but rust is the problem with, this, with COVID as a disease long-term because the iron is not held to hemoglobin anymore. So it breaks out of the blood, the red blood cells, and you now have free-floating iron. And if you've got free-floating iron in your blood being attacked by acid, you have rust. And so anti-corrosives, which we don't call when human, body, when human beings use it, I think sometimes I wish that people just use terms universally. It would make it easier for people to understand what is an antioxidant. It's an anti-corrosive. Yeah. And so the other one... <laughs> 
and without fail, even if I've tried a million times to rehearse, I will struggle with this word. It is the antioxidant from red wine, resveratrol. Resveratrol. Oh, yes, I've heard of this. Yeah, is is the antioxidant besides anacardic that can get this job done. Vitamin C is great, but vitamin C is not great in an acidic environment. So it, it basically is very fragile. And so you need a lot of it. If you have disease in your body and you're not using vitamin C preventatively, you really should be getting an IV of vitamin C for it to have benefit, which they will use for things like septicemia. And Dr. Paul Marek really brought something excellent to the table when he started using high dose vitamin C to treat COVID patients. Why? Because it's an antioxidant. That's why it's working. The second part is uh, to fill people in. We spoke a lot about the nicotinic receptors. What I didn't mention, ivermectin has the capacity to bind to those receptors too, but it has a very interesting me um, mechanism is that it doesn't get into it the same way as nicotine does. Ivermectin has the capacity to change the charge on the ends of this so that the spike proteins can't bind to it. Oh, okay. That's why ivermectin's um, uh, uh, pretty useless after a couple of days. But if somebody has it in their system pretty quickly, or if somebody had been using it prophylactically, which I don't agree with because it is neurotoxic, even if its profile is safe, I don't believe that people uh, with a healthy body uh, should be on it. I mean, at the same time, it's one of those things. You're using a drug, and ultimately, you're going to cause more problems long term. The liver has to process it. It is a drug. And so I think ivermectin in that way, um, some of the doctors got way too obsessed instead of just looking at the mechanism. And they would have found that what they're really needing to do is make sure that the, that the nicotinic receptors um, are, are working nicely. And, and if they were going to use uh, supplements or uh, drugs, they should be decently short term. So ginkgo biloba uh, is really good, for example, with uh, tinnitus or any ear injury. Uh, and it's fast acting and you don't have to be on it forever, but it's preventative as well. So lastly, on the supplement side, um, because I want to save lives over here, the most important vitamins, vitamin A, D, E, and K. And it's specifically K2. If you, were, if you had a construction job and, and you, and, and you uh, wanted to make sure that you didn't run out of, uh, of your four main uh, ingredients that you had to bring or your four main product that you had to bring to the site, um, it would be A-D-E-K if your job was to build antibodies. It is what it is. And, 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 the, and the reason that uh, vitamin D um, gets deficient in people is it stays switched off until it's activated by the sun in the skin. So you have to activate it for it to do anything. And also A, D, and E, K are fat soluble. And so they are creating fat molecules, which we know as antibodies, and they will dissolve themselves and bind to each other, to itself in a fat, in a fat bundled up nanoparticle fat globule, which, which we don't have to synthesize, the body can make, but people will get sick even if they're unvaccinated they will eventually start getting infections in their body because we've all used up copious amounts of those building blocks and people will run out of them, especially when they have COVID-like symptoms. Bad news is the venom component of this, there is no immunity to venom, right? And it gets worse. So in other words, why the shots make it worse for people is like a bee sting. If you are genetically predisposed uh, to whatever strain of venom they're using 
in the shot or whatever bioweapon they bring out next, if it hits your genetics, you will have a reaction to it. And your reaction will be determined, Your the outcome will be determined, one, by how your uh, immune system reacts to it. So to go back to something that you said that people struggle with is why weren't children getting SARS-CoV-2? Why wasn't it translating into COVID? Is that up until 12, year old, 12 years old, there is a brain of the immune system that sits behind uh, the little triangle that you can feel. That's never pleasant. As a martial artist, you know, if someone has got through with a nice shot, you're winded and you'll go down from just a gentle tap on that xiphoid process exactly. because it's, protect, yeah. it's, it's protecting the brain, the brain of the immune system. And it looks like a brain and has two hemispheres and it has jobs. And part of that is to build a novel response to a novel problem. And, and the body is built so that by the time you're 12, um, it wasn't built with this idea that we fly around on airplanes and, you know, we're not birds. And so by the time you're 12, you should have covered enough terrain around you that you'd encountered all kinds of shit, right? The, the problem with the world that we live in is that maybe we need this thing to stay on forever because we're always going to be encountering, especially with synthetic proteins out there, we're going yeah, to be no encountering... Kidding. Right, all of these weird things, and the problem is that you get something called thymic involution, which that from puberty onwards, the, the innate immune system switches over um, to an adaptive immune system, and it will start building responses. And the older you get, the less likely it is to build a novel response. It will throw a solution that it's got, a closely matched solution, because it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of resources. And the older you get, the less of that you have. And if you don't have, this is another warning why people absolutely need to be eating healthy and to getting these supplements in them. If you run out of the building blocks and your body is trying to build solutions, it will go into the bone marrow and it will pull out immune, uh, it will pull out immature antibodies from the bone marrow. And we've got a name for that. It's called leukemia. And oh, so you can also point. know people, when you talked about cancer, the most prevalent cancer that will hit us first, and it's already starting to happen as an AIDS-like profile, will be leukemia. Because people have literally run out of the things that the body needs, and the body's not going to just leave someone without a solution. So it grabs it from the bone marrow. Now, the best meat to, to be able to make antibodies is lamb meat and lamb fat. And it has natural uh, uh, properties of being uh, antibodies, uh, anti-venom and anti-toxins in them. Um, the worst meat, and this is from an ex-vegan, the worst meat on the planet right now. Uh, we, we'd, ha we'd have to have a second time to, to, to chat because we just talked through the icing on top of a layered cake. We are literally at the icing level of what this looks like and how long it's going to go and what the death toll truly looks like. Because the issue... This is, this is how brilliant Gates is, right? He built, he built a weapon. He funded weapons that basically make people allergic to glycoproteins. Mm -hmm. And so being ketogenic for a lot of people that are deeply vaccine injured and injured by the original SARS-CoV-2, having to use animal proteins and animal fats and going into a ketogenic process when their body can no longer use glucose it's going to keep them alive. So he's gone to war on meat already. I, it's actually happened a lot quicker than I thought it would. 
You can go look at the headlines. Monkey pox. Stay away from meat. Um, I've noticed yeah, he's out the there buying up farmland. He's out there. T- he's selling the whole idea along with the UN and everybody else about essentially like a vegan lifestyle and getting rid of meat. That's why they have this impossible burger going around and everything else. So, so the reason that it's impossible is that anybody who's been vaccinated is allergic to it without knowing. And that the glycoproteins mm-hmm. in these fake synthetic meats, um, think about them. They are sugar proteins. There are sugar proteins. And so the body is going to meet that uh, sugar protein. And what it's going to do, because um, I have to check the time, um, what the body is going to do is that every time it's going to eat one of these fake meats, it's going to react with an inflammatory response and an immune response because it's going to look like the spike protein that we used in a vaccine to train the body to look out for an allergen of a molecular structure that is protein and sugar combined. And so it's going to react. And eventually it's that that's going to make people take more and more mRNA cures for a problem that they don't realize that they are creating. But then when people go out looking for the non-artificial substances that are going to keep them alive, they won't be around, which is why he's gone to war against meat immediately and that he's escalated that to the point now where even during this pandemic, the amount of stuff on the shelves, you know, uh, all of these products now, you can buy the fake jerky now in every different shape and form. I used to be really into this stuff until I got really sick from it. And then I realized, wait, I wasn't getting sick from a vegan lifestyle where the, the substances that I were eating weren't synthetic. It was only when I crossed over to all the new really tasty chicken nugget, whatever they are, that are completely synthetic. The, the body has no clue on how to process these things because they don't exist. And so novel, novel pathogen, novel solution. And so the body makes up solutions to fight this stuff. And so that's something that people need to be really aware of. And I specifically want uh, uh, people in the cattle industry and the cattle trade industry and the meatpacking uh, industry uh, to, to realize that they got a get out of jail card. They had the highest numbers in the U.S. of people with SARS-CoV-2. There was no doubt in my mind that the meat was, wasn't infected, coming out of places where people were really sick and were forced to come to work. They were included as essential workers and told to work while they were sick, just like a nurse or a doctor. And they were working with food. They were breathing on food. They were touching food. And that food r- remains frozen refrigerated or processed and would have contained sickness in it. So they got a get out of jail card and, and, and there was their lure. There was their trick of saying, guys, I have your back, right? Because then they are not going to push back as hard at the big changes that are going to kill their industry. They think of these people as friends. They think of the government as friends for helping them out. They think of the deals that Trump made with them, for example, as, oh, you saved us. No, they were just saved uh, as, as, uh, as, as, as the same as a school shooter that lets somebody go past them because they don't want their crime. They're not going to risk their death toll from all the other kids on one idiot in the, in the, in the stairwell. And when I say idiot, it's because they see them as an idiot. They see them as worthless. They see them as nothing. So the industries involved in pushing this, they're not coming to save any of the, under, the other industries that they will take down with them. 
And, and so if there's anybody that's connected to our food supply chain, uh, and then um, this is what I do in my, when, with, uh, with my, the type of brain I have, I go on and on and I get really passionate into it. But there's a one more connection that I want people to make sure. um, that relates to my work. Um, all mass killers will do tests and probes, uh, whether it's on themselves or others, to see whether the crime or the, if, whether the crime is going to work out. And so animal abuse is part of what mass killers do, and they escalate the type of torture and the type of stuff they do as a way of, um, of testing themselves. Are they ready? Can they go out and do this to human beings? Um, the world just failed, especially the U.S. just failed at a deep probe at what's coming next. They created a completely fake food supply issue with baby formula. They wanted to see if the general public would accept other food shortages by using the one that has the most emotional response. There's no human being that shouldn't have reacted with extreme attention when you hear that babies are starving. Mm, no one, exactly. no one, no one blinked. The nicotine worked. They've got enough people vaccinated. No one. They're all blinked. glazed over. They can't think. They can't. Yeah, they're sterile. They're like, uh, what'd you say? They're switched off. They switched off. They switched off, right? And so they they probed with the easiest probe, the highest level probe, to see if they can move on to the other supply chain shortages that include supplements that include food, that include meat, because they wanted to see, was the public going to you know, force a change? Was the public going to demand to know why other countries have got baby formula? <laughs> why just the States? Mexico has baby formula on every shelf. We, they're literally just down the street. Canada had baby food, right? And so the probe over here is, will these people react? And they didn't. And so now they will move ahead. And if they did react, then they would have dialed it back a notch and they would have gone into another layer of rehearsal uh, or, or, or made sure that more and more people right now were accepting that they, they're literally throwing out, by the way, they're throwing out these vaccines. People are on to it. There was uh, even a, a bit that I got from somebody that sent me a clip from the Davos meeting where one of the people there, one of the top guys was sitting there saying, yeah, I just had to throw out, we've had to throw out 30 million vaccines because nobody wants them. And he was talking about it in a way like these people are stupid or whatever, but uh, they're even complaining about it in Davos right now. And absolutely. And part of their plan failed in that um, they weren't able genetically. This was built to hit chromosome three and the expression of chromosome three is Neanderthal and would be very low in the African continent, extremely low. The only people that were ever at risk in the African continent would have either been white folks or people that had slave trade that have go, had gone back there and would have had a Spanish background or a, East, uh, a European background mixed in with African genes, and then they would have had risk. Africans cannot get SARS-CoV-2 turning into COVID. So the entire continent didn't have a problem. The same thing yeah, as was, North Korea, the okay. same thing as China. It's genetic. It was the, the, the load on it, the load on it yeah, messes with sugar. Uh, the metabolism of sugar and it's chromosome three. And so they failed miserably because what they were is they thought that fear and corruption was going to get the African uh, um, uh, capitalist uh, corrupt governments. They thought they had these people and they thought they were going to buy up and force all these vaccines on Africa. But what they didn't actually uh, uh, think through 
is that uh, Africa is sick of being their experiment and there isn't enough benefit anymore from the corrupt deals uh, in most of the countries when it comes to selling a medical solution to a non-existent problem. Uh, they're just not into it anymore because they know that it's, it, 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 it makes the farmer uh, profitable, but ultimately hurts their economy. It helps it, it, if they're in charge and, and, for, and, and, and the workforce is down, there's no stimulus packages that they can give out. The world's not arriving. And so finally, that's one of the silver linings in this. Africa is about done with letting this uh, happen to them. You know, if there's any uh, group uh, of people that will get through this and thrive, um, it will be the African continent um, only because they've had this done to them and they've been enslaved for so long um, that they've got a head start on the rest of us who are finally being enslaved like them. And they're like, oh, this magician's trick doesn't work with doesn't work with us anymore. You better come with something else. Mm. Um, and so um, I think that, that that that's another silver lining into this. There's a, there's a huge block. Uh, and that is the reason for the World Health Organization sign in for the treaties. It's not it's not to get countries that are already in, uh, but not in on paper. Um, you know, like getting the states to sign over its sovereignty. It signed over. We already saw that it signed over its sovereignty. But it is like passing around a piece of paper to say, hey, if you're interested in, you know, the Tupperware party next week, put your name down here. And, and ultimately, by signing those pieces of paper and getting these other uh, countries that weren't involved and putting pressure on them and saying, everybody signed, you better sign. That's, that, that's, the, that's the real deal. Or with why they want these countries giving up their sovereign rights and, and basically signing away that that if they if they don't comply that it won't be a breach of war when NATO arrives. NATO is the enforcer. NATO is the security team of the WHO. And so you sign that paper to say you comply, and then you don't comply. You're also saying my, my non-compliance is not a and not a crime. And you invading our country and enforcing this is no longer a war crime because. On paper, we you didn't break the Geneva Convention. You went into sovereign nation because we gave you permission. We pre we 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 gave you a prenuptial. But what's interesting is they're doing it now because they've already committed a crime for two years by having their little agents of our who are our politicians. They've been installing these people for 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 however long. We've got Trudeau here. Australia's got their guy. New Zealand, whatever. And they got them in there breaching the national and international laws of the country through the COVID policies, right? So for two years straight, they've been already in violation of these Geneva Conventions. This seems to me like, well, now that everything is coming out, they're just trying to do that back end paperwork to go, look, no, no, you guys already signed on. I know it was late, but, you know, there could be some kind of I agree with you completely. There. And I would say that that's why my analysis is that we, they might have been breaking the law and uh, they may be getting away with it. But we are literally seeing the frosting on a cake in terms of what, what this really looks like and how long it will go. And yes, you can break some laws. You can speed on the highway. Um, and, you know, if, 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 if they believe that this is the minor infraction, and whatever's major that, that that they're rolling out right now is the stuff that we absolutely need eyes on. And my my uh, uh, my call to everybody that I want to end with is find your threshold, and realize that that threshold, that personal threshold that you thought you would hit, and then you would react to this kind of stuff. You probably find when when somebody does some dig some dig uh, some deep digging, that threshold's been crossed. That threshold's already been crossed. So where are you? 
and, and, and start having the conversations with your buddies and your neighbors and start asking them, where's your threshold? And then when there's mutual threshold that's being crossed, you will find community strength. It's the, 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 the separation of ourselves as communities, making people more alienated, not mm. going to burials, taking away church, taking away community meetings, taking away, you know, only allowing a handful of people into, into uh, you know, meetings that are open to the public, you know, making it inconvenient to meet as groups. This is why we haven't discussed that we've actually all hit threshold a long time ago. Uh, and people will not move until the herd moves. I mean, that's just a simple a survival technique. So the herd will move when suddenly the herd realizes that everyone is in trouble. And then the best part about it is they will never stop a stampede. This is, the, this is always when you look and you watch a, a really well-made Holocaust movie and you just see a couple of guards guarding a whole concentration camp and you realize it just needed one stampede. It just needed one movement. It just needed what Buffalo would do. You know, when the lions are there, it's, it, it requires that mass, uh, you know, to come together and then it is unstoppable. I don't care how many teams or players or what they thought they had. The, the very nature of the physics of it makes it, un, you know, they cannot do it to us. Uh, when, when well, we our, our Buffalo stampede was the truckers in Canada. It started a whole thing. I mean, I wish we could keep doing it. I wish it could be like every day or not even drive to somewhere. Just park your trucks. Just do. There's got to be something we can do that would be that that stampede. The number one thing is to be informed, start implementing these solutions, um, deal with the fear of it all. Because when you're in combat, maybe you could just say a couple words on this. I know we got to let you go, but you've been in these tactical scenarios dealing with high stress scenarios. You know, I've, I've done it to an extent in my life, but not to the extent I'm sure you did. Um, there's, it's not about saying there's no danger and pretending everything's okay, but you also can't allow yourself to go into that freezed fight or flight where you're, you're just panicked overhearing the fact that we are engaged in a global biological war right now. Um, so what would you say to help people deal with that fear and, and, you know, We'll leave people on a high note here. Well, yes. Um, so one of the reasons that the master is implemented is that when you keep somebody um, in a state where their CO2 is slightly high, um, they will go into limbic, right? And so they will gas out in the way that they won't be solution oriented and they will be in fight and flight response and they will feel panicked unnecessarily. So people need to, especially now that the mass, you know, mandates have dropped, they really need to work on their breathing. And when you work on breathing, you push your body into prefrontal cortex and solutions to problems are always right at the front of the brain. And so they can visualize, and it's now a time where it sounds ridiculous, but a sniper that has one shot to end the problem will control their breath before they control anything else. Like the breath, the breath, the spirit, right? And these people are spiritless. They are breathless, they are soulless. So that is our secret weapon. Put breath back into your body. Breathe right into, into the front of your brain. Breathe right into the deepest crevices of your lungs. Take the time each day to breathe. Uh, gratitude of the things that surround us is also a natural breathing reset. Pretty hard to feel uh, grateful about something and being out of breath. <laughs> right. That's I mean, true. It's, it, it I relaxed mean, so, me immediately when you immediately, said that. Yeah. Right. Um, I got to hop off. I've got another interview coming up. It's Absolutely. been an absolute pleasure and uh, love to see you again.
Dr. Tao, thank you so much. Let's do it again. Um, I'll say my goodbyes here and um, let's, yeah, let's stay in touch. Thank you so much for your work, man. You blew my mind today. <laughs> awesome. Be well, brother. Thanks All right. A lot cheers, for what man. You're doing. Oh, Bye same now. to you. Cheers. Wow. Wow. So much to digest here. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this interview again, guys. Uh, I, I wanted him to have the opportunity to just get his, uh, get his, his ideas out. And it's just so many things going through my mind as he was talking. So I'm going to write down some good questions. I'll take some of the questions from the chat and then I'm going to rebook him and I'm going to bring him back because there's every little bit that he brought up, we could go in and explore it. And I know I'm sure many of you have many questions as well, but just some of the things that I pulled out is that first of all, um, there are solutions to all of this. Okay. And this is what I've been, all the guests that I brought on, even though they come from different ideas about what this is, uh, we're all seeing that certain things do work. And when you realize that this is an attack, however, we want to look at that. Okay. Um, uh, whether you take it all the way or not, but just realizing that your body's under attack when it's under that kind of stress, whether it's a virus, whether it's, uh, poison, whether it's however you want to conceptualize it, your body's under attack. Your body is built to withstand attacks, right? And I believe that every problem created, especially man-made problems, have solutions written right in them. And we have to think like that. This is what I got from my martial art background is being solution-oriented. There's danger, there's threats, there's criminals, there's evil, there's tyrants, there's always these things out there. There's things that can even happen to your own body. But if you keep your mind, your mental state, especially after hearing some of this information that I, man, it's freaky to think about, right? But turn that into action. Don't let that fester and create a state where you're now frozen, just like all your friends and family are frozen right now with the wide eyes behind the mask shield, you know, thinking that there's like, it's it, when you take on board so many things that he brought up, it makes so much sense. The things that didn't make sense, make so much sense. Why they had to do these different measures the way that they did, why they had to do the social distancing, why they targeted small businesses, why they, you know, there's why the masks, you know, that's part of that freezing of somebody's ability to breathe and then freezing their ability to think. And isn't that the biggest complaint we all have is why we can't get people around us that used to be brilliant. You know, you, that was not used to be, but like, you know what I mean? Most people go, hey, I don't understand. I have a very smart person that I know is falling hook, line and sinker for what the media is saying on this. And they're trapped in fear. How did that happen? Right? Well, now we understand there's actual, this is actually part of this attack was it was a psychological attack. It was a biological attack. And it was an attack on our society, on our communities, on our, on the fam. Look at the multiple angles of this attack as well. It's not even just the virus or just this poisoning or whatever this is. It's not just that. Economic, cultural, the cultural attack has been underway. The attack on what it is to be human. It seems like everything that is actually goes against human survival and thriving is being tr made trendy, right? That's part of this attack. So when we're learning about this stuff, don't get into that fear-based thinking. Just know that you're studying the enemy. You're studying the weapons of the enemy. If we were, if we were behind a castle wall and we were all huddled in and we knew, okay, we saw some guys marching up, 
They've got catapults. They've got bows and arrows. They've got whatever, you know, boiling pots of oil or whatever they're going to throw at us. You, you have to now, real now how are they attacking? What part of the castle wall are they hitting first? Or do we have any exposed areas, right? Uh, you need to learn as much as possible about how this enemy is attacking your castle if you're going to defend it. And trust me, we can defend our castle. Your body is your castle. That's what it is. It's a gift. It's miraculous. It can do more than we imagine. But if your mind is stuck in fear and you can't think properly and you can't think in a positive solution-oriented way, then the processes of your body that would defend you from any of these things won't work the same. So first and foremost, I just want to say, keep that mind sharp. The breath, I'm glad he mentioned the breath. The, out of all the solutions, everybody's got their opinion on it. Definitely make sure you're giving your body everything that it needs through your diet, the supplements, everything else, okay? Um, even my sponsor has incredible supplements, by the way. Really, really top quality stuff. That's what I take. But you go find yours. You can go to see Dr. Braun's stuff. You can go see Dr. Mikevitz's stuff. Everybody out there, you know, uh, Zev's, uh, Dr. Zevzlenko, he's got his thing. Everybody's putting out their thing and good for them because we need it. But um, you find out what are these things that work, get your body the things that it needs. But your mind as well. The consciousness factor is so big. It's probably bigger than we know. Um, and then, yeah, once you're now empowered, you can go out and start empowering other people. And that's your job. That's, your, that's what we're here to do. If you, we, we, we're all going to play a role here. And if anybody's listening to this that is on the inside of things, coming from the inside, I mean, like you work in the government, you work in the health field, you work in this research, you work in peptide isolation labs or whatever, or you work in the media or work anywhere and you haven't come out yet. This is the time. This is the time for these whistleblowers to keep coming out and saying what they know, because all of us are under attack with this. All of us. This is no, this is no longer about Black versus white, gay versus straight, man versus woman, religion versus religion, political versus political, flat earth versus globe, or any of that stuff. It's not about that anymore. We're under attack by a common enemy. And I don't think we're, I think we're just kicking the door open a little bit of just how big this is. But don't let that dissuade you, right? Even some of the stuff that I'm covering in my cult of the medics, it's dark, it's scary, it's freaky. Right? I try to balance it out the best I can, but there's something, I put that statement at the end of this trailer that I started this with, that's something I believe. And I was actually sitting there, what's going to be the final drop on this trail? What's the final message? You know, and it came to me, it just hit me. I was, I put like 18 different options in and I didn't like any of them. And it finally just hit me short and simple. If we want our freedom to improve, if we want to see freedom reign and we want to win it back, only when we come into full knowledge of the truth can that happen fully. You know, you can get better degrees as you go, but you have to, the truth and, the, and freedom exist together. And that's what we need to fight for. So freedom from tyranny, freedom from these attacks, freedom from this evil and corruption and criminality. We can't look away from the truth, even though the truth is scary. And that's why you need courage. That's why you need a spine of a warrior. And I believe you have it. It's built inside of you for a reason. You were given, whether you believe it's from nature or God or whatever, 
you were given a, an immune system to fight off any kind of bacteria, disease, virus, etc. You were also given a psychological immune system as well to fight off those bad thoughts that can be just as poisonous as any snake venom and also a spiritual immune system if you want to go there as well, which I do, right? So don't let any of this dissuade you. Let it motivate you. Don't let the the attack from the media, the attacks from your friends and family, don't let it, don't let it take you off your horse. Let it motivate you. When we understand that these people were attacked on a psychological level, it'll help us all deal with it better. And we, sh we should cool the jets, including myself, with mocking these people, you know, as easy as it is. Um, I'll mock the Davos crowd. I'll mock those guys. I'm talking about your friends and family that are under a spell. Literally, psychological warfare. I'm going to be getting into this in chapter eight, just how big that is. That, that alone will show a lot. But anyways, guys, I don't want this to go on too long. I'm just trying to give you some of my afterthoughts here, hopefully encourage you. Um, we Think about also who you're running with right now. Who are you, who you're teaming up with? You may have lost some friends and family over here that all fell for it and got put under this spell, but then you've gained. Look, the people still standing. Who are you fighting with? You're fighting with me. You're fighting with some of the greats. You're fighting with people like Dr. Tao and Dr. All the doc, all these people I put come on that are coming out to give their take and give you information, right? People that are trying to be proactive. You've got freedom fighters. You got these truckers. You got these resistance groups all over the world who see what's going on. You've got these legal cases being people bringing in the legal challenges. Not all of us are frozen in the mud. Not all of us are under the spell. A lot of us are waking up. Actually, here's a good place to finish. Uh, I've got the actual stats here. Health Canada, okay, in Canada, just recently made a massive mistake in my opinion, although they may be doing it for other reasons. That's another thing. But either way, it's in terms of the optics, it's horrible for them because instead of just putting out some, they put out like a, almost like, do you, they put out a question and then they answered the question in a second tweet. But instead of just leaving it at the question, they made it a public poll where they asked, do you believe that the COVID vaccine stops the virus and protects you from the virus? <laughs> they let it run for, I don't know, 48 hours or something. And you started to see, I watched it. A lot of us on Twitter were watching it. We're, we're like 50%. Uh, guess where it finished? Close to 40,000 votes, 87% of the people voted false to the statement because they gave true or false. And the true question would have, they would have been true would have been, you agree that the vaccines work and false would have been, you don't believe they work. 87% of people. This is Canada wide. This was a health Canada poll. This wasn't a poll that was in an isolated echo chamber. It was also a poll done on Twitter which we're learning is mostly made up of bots and fake accounts. We're learning that. We're going to learn a lot more about that. It's a scam. It five eyes intelligence agency run. Okay. But, and then all the, most of the page, most of the people that are awake, I've been banned from Twitter. I've, I had to recently create a new account, right? Some people keep doing that, right? So just imagine that most people have fled Twitter to other social media platforms that don't censor after getting banned. The, a lot of users on Twitter are fake. And even still, they put a 
government poll on their account, 87% of the people on Twitter out of 40,000 people said these vaccines don't work. And you should have seen the comments just ripping them. So if you think we're not moving the needle, if you think it's hopeless, think again. This is, if, if, the, if this dark side, the eye of Sauron and all his minions are just starting to move as Dr. Tauber, this is the first phase of the attack. I don't think this is the first phase. I know what he meant when he was saying it. I think this is a multi-pronged phase. He would probably agree with me. It's been taking place for a long time. But if this is their test phase, oh, let's test it out. Let's take out the vulnerable and the elderly first. Let's, let's start the mind control process. Let's dull people's consciousness. Let's dumb them down. Let's freeze them in their tracks. Um, if this is the first one and they got a bunch more coming, guess what? It's not our first punch either. So think of it like a fight. You're in a fight. Are you going to get, are you, are you going back to your corner? Cause you got hit and you're going to tell your corner that you want to tap out and throw the towel in. Or are you going back to your corner to have some coach in your corner? Like Mickey from Rocky telling you, no, no, get up. You son of a bitch, get up, fight them hard, fight with the inside out, go and win this thing. You can win this. You have the tools to win this. That's the mindset you need. Even if it is hopeless, you never fight. You never face an enemy like that ever. And miracles have happened. In fact, they've tried this shit for, on us for a long time. And yet yeah, here we stand. We've won many great wars in history. Those who fight for truth, freedom, and justice. And it was only a few and it was up against all odds. And it was when the curtain was about to close and then pff, didn't work and evil lost. And now we are being, the stage is being set for the greatest. It's going to be either our annihilation or the greatest moment in human history. It's one of the two. That's how I see it at this point from everything I've heard, everything I've seen. I don't have all the answers, but from what I've seen, we're definitely up against the wall. But that's what it takes to activate the warrior, to activate the hero, to activate the solution, to motivate people. You can't tell people, you got to show them. They got to experience it. This is way bigger than I think we even know. And I'm not talking just about sitting around waiting for white hats to save us. Although I do know there are good people in high places working for the cause of humanity. It's not about that. It's that there's a bigger cosmic game. It's written into the heavens. It's written into the foundations of this earth. It's written into your DNA. It's written into your soul, into your mind that victory is at, is going to come to those who stand up, represent, fight back and do not go into that good night. We're going to give it everything we've got. And that's what this show is all about. So I'm glad you guys are here. Thanks for joining me. Please go check out Cult of the Medics, cultofthemedics.com. Help me share it out far and wide. It's another tool. It's another bullet in the gun to help wake up people who can't sit through long-form podcast interviews. <laughs> That's why I made it. Um, and yeah, I'll have more on that uh, release coming up soon. And I'll definitely um, be booking some really great guests. So stay tuned here, guys. The solution lies within. The solution lies when we work together. Let's stop fighting each other. Let's keep an eye on the prize. And I promise you this, the truth is going to win. And that truth is going to be what it takes to win because that's the silver bullet for these liars. The truth is a silver bullet for the lie. So be the truth, be the change.
and let's go kick some, the kick the ass out of these tyrants and win the day. All right. So thanks everybody for tuning in. I'm going to leave you with my sponsor. Go check them out and uh, I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you guys soon. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Love you lots. Cheers. So we often talk about the need to create a parallel economy and get away from giving all of our money to a lot of these big multinational corporations. There are a lot of people out there who still give their money to Walmart, Target, Costco, etc. You know, all those companies that made it away with all your money during the pandemic and didn't have to close down while all the small businesses got totally crushed. Well, sad thing is we give these big corporations our money from cradle to grave. So what if a bunch of us little guys banded together and we all stopped giving these big guys our money? I've actually found a family-owned manufacturer that manufactures 100% of their products in-house in America and Canada and competes with these big box monopolies. This is a family-owned manufacturer that has intentionally built its business model outside of the system that these globalists have created with big box stores, national distribution controls, mainstream media, etc. So what if a bunch of us redirected our existing spending away from these big box corporations over to a family-owned alternative that does it right, makes their own products right from scratch? Think about it. Wouldn't you love to no longer have to rely on these big woke corporations? Now you can make that independence a reality and transfer your hard-earned dollars away from companies that despise our values and give them instead to family-owned, patriot-owned companies that believe in and support freedom. Thanks to patriotswitch.com forward slash truthwarrior. That's patriotswitch.com forward slash truthwarrior.